What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TPV Radio, Central Texas. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 in this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Michelle's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without Breaking the bank. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Summer's Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. The following program will change the way you think and lead you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listeners, discretion is advised. You're listening to Dorothy Patterson, the reality, the reality show, show, right now on TPV Radio.
and welcome. I'm Dorothy Patterson, the Reality Coach, Liberating Minds, Transforming Lives, Romans 12, 2 through 3. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Let's get today's show started. I'm walking in authority, living life without apology. It's not wrong, dear. I belong here. So you might as well get used to me. My mother may not be the queen, but my father's king of everything. Thank you for carrying us all week. Thank you for carrying us through this 
pandemic. Thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. We won't complain. We will be grateful and find ourselves to be con- happy and content in whatever state because we know that you are the controller of it all. And we thank you. We know you are the pilot. You can put, you've got us on autopilot right now, but Lord, we know that you're still in control. It seems like you're not here. You're not there, but we know that you are everywhere because you are God. You are our God, and we thank you, and we celebrate you, and we praise you, and we glorify you, and we magnify you to the utmost. You deserve all the praise, all the glory, everything we do, God, it should represent you. Thank you, Father, for being who you are in our lives, around our lives, within our lives, and for the people around us and near us. And we just thank you for keeping us all safe from hurt, harm, or danger. It is in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, that I do pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you guys, what happened is, um, so this guy, he uh, ups and tells, tells the guy's mother to do all of this stuff. And like I said, once something gets out, there's this, there's this newscaster here. Well, he's, a, he's like, he's not a newscaster here, but he is someone that is always in the know of what's going on. So he put it out, hey, we need to come out and support this brother who has been insulted because we as a race have to understand, if you're going to handle us the way that you're handling us, we won't spend our dollars with you. So I find myself with some friends, and we were all the way in Oklahoma. But when we heard about it, we came because it was ridiculous for us to be treated and handled the way that this man had done us. And then when we get there, we had no idea how big it was. But I'm telling you, when people, when I say that black people were out there in numbers, record numbers, it was record numbers. For the first time, we had something where we didn't have to worry about the news media getting there. They were there. Radio stations were there. People were there. There were helicopters. There were dogs. It was just unbelievable. It was like, oh my, I had never been in a real actual protest, Not especially not one that's unplanned. Just something that was put out over Facebook. And I'm telling you, when Smash the Top just tells you something, he is there to support you. And he's there to get a movement moving. And that's exactly what happened on this week. So here's what we did. We get over there, and I met someone. Now, out of all the black people, there were three white people, three, standing there alongside us fighting for what was right. They they didn't care about the color. They cared about the character of the man that uh, the character of the man that he displayed. So I went up to a couple of them. One of them was from the news radio uh, on news radio. And so I said, so why are you here? He said that everybody needs to be treated equal. And I said, oh, but you're not like, you You don't look like us. He said, it doesn't matter. We're here to be, we're here to make a point that we're going to stop doing this. We're not going to keep letting people just treat humans any kind of way. So that was impressive. So then I went to the other, another white lady. I asked her, why were you here? And you know what she told me? She said, because my family doesn't see color. I have biracial grandchildren. So that lets me know that she's getting ready to say, no, it's not happening no more. It's not about color. It's about the character that was being displayed. But then I went to this other lady. Now, she was something else. She was like, no, I'm standing here. I'm going to be here every day. I'm tired of it. I'm a teacher. I've been through all of this, and I'm tired of it going on. It has to cease and desist, and whatever she can do to assist, in the the cease and desist movement, that's what she's going to do. So I asked, I said, well, so what are you, what, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? She said, I come out and I do what I got to do. I even started a, I started a show 
um, she has a, a, a Facebook page. And I was like, girl, wait, don't tell me. But let me let you come on to the show so you can show that you're in support of what I said. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? What if there were no black people in the world? And when I said that, it was like a, 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 a moment of, what? that's a show topic. What if there were no black people in the world? And then I received a letter from someone, and it was so, wow, it was so eye-opening. And so I asked her, I said, well, what do you think about coming on the show? She's like, I'd be honored to come on the show. So I said, well, what is your Facebook page about? And she said, it's called, she goes by Shade, and I call her Miss Shade. And Miss Shays is going to come on here right about now and tell us more about her and why she came up with the title Shades and why she's here to say color shouldn't matter. But what if there were no black people in the world? What if there were no black people in the world? She's going to discuss this topic with me and we're going to extend the conversation. Remember, I am the reality coach. I hold nothing back. So if you're not ready to be real, you might want to not listen or you may want to go to another Facebook live because this one is going to be live and it's going to be real the truth but it's going to stay biblical don't get it twisted I love the Lord oh my yes oh my God yes that part but anyway Chris can you bring Miss James in I'm here well, hi there, Miss Shays. Can you give us a clue as to who you really are? Tell us all about hi. you. Hi there. Well, can you hear me okay? Yes, hear you perfectly well. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, hey, I, I just want to thank you for having me on here. I, am, I really am honored to be able to speak and uh, offer some information that I hope people will hear and take away and, and, and inspire somebody to do something because we're all we're all in this we're all on this earth we um we you were talking about my my group called shades and the reason why i called it shades um was because i feel like we're all people here on this earth and if you look at us, our skin color it's just different shades of color and you've got the lighter skins and you've got a little bit darker and then you've got all the way down to the darkest uh shades and we're all people though on the inside and so I started this uh, group back in the fall because I had seen the documentary called 13th on Netflix, and it made me realize the it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a documentary Ms. called, um, yeah, and I, it's called a documentary. It's called uh, 13th, and it's on Netflix called 13th, and it's about um, the prison system and how it has uh, was designed to imprison as many black men as possible. And the effect that has come out of that, and it and it just broke me down to a core of of just I mean I couldn't even a few hours afterwards I was just so broken inside of what I had seen going on that I never knew about, and so I that prompted me to create the Shades group because I want people to come together and and start talking about this topic because it was seemed to me like it was just kind of being not necessarily ignored. But it, it's something that wasn't being discussed, and it needs to be. And well, I we'll think take it that word. Discussed in school. Mm-hmm. Well, we as yeah. black people, uh, Miss Shays, we'll take that word ignored, overlooked. All of those words are appropriate. Ignored, overlooked, excused. Mm-hmm. All of those good, mm-hmm. good, good adjectives. Are they adjectives? You're a teacher. Are those adjectives? That's right. Well, that when, you asked me the, when you asked the question about the um, what would the world be like without black people, 
mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I really was uh, at a loss of words, which usually I'm never at a loss of. And I, so I had to think about it, and I did. And, and I'm one of those really literal people. So I'm thinking, well, it seems to me like there's a couple of levels here. There's the whole world level where if there were no black people, then white people, I'm thinking, would have had to enslave themselves because they were going to need someone to do their hard work. They were going to need someone to do their inside work. Yeah, and and so I think what would have maybe have happened was you would have had this uh, class system of the the, the rich white and the poor whites maybe, Um, which when you come down to the community level next, then you're just going to have segregation. You know, here's where the rich are, here's where the poor are. But when I got to the personal level, and this is where it's hard for me to speak because to imagine me not having my black friends, my Lori and my Pam and my Erica and my Linda and all the many other beautiful black people that have been in my life, I, 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 it's, it's not even a thought I ever want to ever think of. And so, um, this is, of course, assuming that, that, that the people, um, the first people on earth, Adam and Eve, that's assuming they were white. However, my son brought this up to me, Mom. What if Adam and Eve were black? And I said, well, you know what? If that's the case, then no one would exist. And so God's will would not be fulfilled in that case. And so, um, anyhow, no matter which one it is, uh, the world definitely would not wait, be wait, 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 hold on, okay. just one moment, you know uh-huh. I'm the reality code, let's rewind, thank uh-huh. you, now, you said the world wouldn't exist if, if, if Adam and Eve were black first, right, if Adam and Eve were black, and there were no black people, then no one would exist. Okay, I'm confused. Well, well, you know my brain's a little my brain's a little slow. It's a Monday, and uh, okay. okay. So you said the world wouldn't exist if the if Adam and Eve were black. Well, I don't think any people would exist because we all people came from the offspring of Adam and Eve. But if Adam and Eve were black, but there were no black people, then how would there have been an any any offspring? to create uh, the people uh, from their um, lineage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, well, I, I understand how it makes sense, but then we can, you know, as a reality coach would say, we can flip that the other way around too. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, now I'm just going to say there, if you look at dirt, it says God formed man from dirt. So when we go and we look at dirt, I have never seen a pure white dirt. Never. I've seen red dirt, I've seen tan dirt, and I've seen some black dirt. But I have never seen pure white sand. Even when you go Mm -hmm. to an island where you think the sand is white, white, you go up to the sand, and as you get closer, you'll see it has a a, a alabaster tint to it. So I don't don't know. I just know that God formed man from dirt. So I guess, you know, we can't say, well, we know that... um, well, I, like I said, I don't know, but I won't get into that. But that we could say it could be either way. But maybe a caller will call in and give us some more clarity on that because that's what we're here to do. We're here to learn and converse back and forth. But we, the question still remains, what if there were no black people in the world? Continue on, Sandy. 
So as you said before, this is a this is a humanity thing, and with you saying that, that that leads me to believe that some things I believe are taught. They're learned behaviors. Do you find at okay? You being a teacher, and what 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 uh, age level are you a teacher of? Well, since I'm a, I'm in elementary school and I'm a special education teacher, so my kids are between the grades of first grade and fifth grade. Okay, so do you find that this is a top behavior, some racism and the divide that we have? Do you find that sometimes the children come to school and they say something that you can't, that they possibly can't possibly have thought of themselves? It, 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 Absolutely. It, Absolutely. Okay. I have, I have heard children I, I had a little group of kids uh, uh, once that it was a Hispanic child and there was a black child, two black children at the table. And I, I teach in small groups. And one of them said, the, the, the Hispanic child said, um, I, I don't really get along with uh, the little boy at this table during recess because he's black. And I said, what? Yes. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even believe what I, what I heard. I said, excuse me, what, what, what do you mean? Explain to me more about what that, why you said that. He said, well, uh, uh, you know, black people—they're—they're they're not nice. They—they they always want to fight. And I said, "What?" And I—and I turned over to the little boy that was what? black, and I said, "Would you like—would you like to defend yourself on this?" And he said, "I don't know." He's like, but and he was so innocent. He said, "I'm not really black." And he pulled up his arm. He said, "If you look at my arm in the sun, it's really brown." And I said, "No, honey. Yeah, it's brown, but you're black." I said, "And you are are not anybody who, who's out hurting anybody. You're a sweet boy." And I made the two look at each other, and I told the little one, the, the Hispanic one, I said, "I I'm going to go out with recess today, and I want y'all to play together." I said, "This is ridiculous." I said, "Wherever you heard that or learned that, that's not okay, and it's not correct." I said, and you guys are going to go out and have a good time. You've never had a problem in here in my class. So how in the world would you not play together? That is just, that's just, no, no, we're going to go out and play together. <laughs> wow. I can and see it, my emotion, you know, but I was trying to be as nice as I could to the Hispanic child. But he, he was very kind of innocently speaking, too, but he'd been taught that. He, he didn't come up exactly. on his own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I commend you. I mean, I have to give my hats off to you being someone who was willing to stand up for what was right. And that was a very mm-hmm. good way of handling that situation because you did make the child become aware. Well, if you haven't had any experiences of this in the classroom, why would you say that? What would make you say that about mm-hmm. this to the kids? And and, mm-hmm. and 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 whoever taught him that, I wish they would let him know he's a minority too. Does he, mm-hmm. he ain't heard what he he didn't know that they were trying to you know they, uh, oh mm-hmm. they're gonna take the focus off what's really going on in their culture and put it on us but mm-hmm. the borders okay but anyway that's another story but let's get back mm-hmm. to the show so what do you I, I I really the reason why I really came up with this what if there were no black people in the world I was looking like if there are no black people in the world what would it look like? What what would it what would it look like? Okay, first of all, let's just say that I'm proud to be a black woman because guess what, Miss Shade? I have to stand in the shade to keep from getting darker. And when I and I only stand in the shade because I don't want to be a little darker is because I know that I was taught that we can't get sunburned. But I learned real quick, mm-hmm. sitting in that sun, you can get sunburned. 
I don't care what color you mm-hmm. are. You may not burn as fast, but you get sunburned. Mm-hmm. Right. And I look at my I look at my complexion and I, and I say it's a beautiful color because when I see people who have like my grandchildren who are mixed with two colors and I see how they go together so well. It it makes such a beautiful color. I, I just see a beautiful person created. I see some mm-hmm. beautiful white people. I see beautiful black people. But I, I know that when when black is mixed with something, it gives a beautiful color. It gives a yeah. beautiful, beautiful color. And I'm saying this mm-hmm. in the sense of being human. When blacks are mixed with another nationality, it's almost like, they they become beautiful. You understand what I'm saying? They they don't Absolutely. they they don't need. Mm-hmm. I I've never seen one that doesn't well, look almost. I don't even know the word. My grandson is beautiful. All, think about all yeah all the white people who've got to get that dark tan. <laughs> they, they want their Girl. skin to be that that mixture you know you're talking about. They want they want to have that beautiful. Uh, uh, shade, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know they want that really beautiful shade on their skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you 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 really think about it. not only do they want the beautiful shade. Back in the eighties, when I was coming up in high school, first of all, I was I was not ashamed of my color by no means, but I did mm-hmm. wish at sometimes because people seem to always think it wasn't a beautiful color. But yet you're right. I watched friends going out in the sun and being in a predominantly white school. It was it was it was strange to me, so I was kind of left a little confused. But then, what really, really, really confused me was the fact that they made fun of my full lips. They made fun of my tiny waist and my hips. They made a lot of fun of me because in the '80s, you know, to have the frame, the 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 shape that I had, it was made fun of. But now, fast forward, people are paying for what I had for free. Mhm. Right. But they made fun of me, and and like I said, it wasn't it wasn't enough blacks to make fun of me because we were all kind of in the same framework. But it was the whites, and because we went to a majority all white school, they made fun of us. They mm-hmm. made us think that our bodies were not normal. But now I see that our not normal is what they want to consider to be their normal. So mm-hmm. my thing is. Black people have contributed so much to this world. If there were no black people in the world, first of all, didn't we raise slaves? What the black women that were slaves, weren't they the ones raising the white children? Yes. So what would they know? And not only were they raising them, they loved them. It, they taught them love. They did not teach them color. They taught them love. But then it's like you said, they go inside the house, and once they're inside the house, they're listening to their parents talk about the slaves. So then the children are confused. They love this woman on one hand, but then on the other hand, they're taught that she's beneath them. But yet she's mm-hmm. teaching them, feeding them, helping them. How do you mm-hmm. how do you how do you fix that? How 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 do you fix that? And not only that. If there were no black people in the world, I don't think we'd have some of the inventions that we have. That's correct. We wouldn't have some mm-hmm. what, 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 um, 
Well, I'll read that in a little bit. But I just think that black people bring so much to this world. We bring a lot of character. And I remember as a little girl, my mother would go into the store with seven, well, she had six, six children. And white women have two. And they would look at my mother and wonder, how do you make them behave like that? How? And their kids Mm -hmm. are running all over the place. Because we were taught manners, we were taught discipline, we were taught to behave ourselves. And 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 my mom would say, How do you not how do they not walk how do you how are your children not walking in line? How are they not doing what they're supposed to do? My mother couldn't understand how they how her children weren't. She couldn't understand how my mother's kids were. Because we were taught discipline. We were taught mm-hmm. discipline. And we were taught respect. We always have mm-hmm. had to have it. And it's awful mm-hmm. that people think that black people are ready to fight. No, we're not ready to fight. We're ready to defend. Mm-hmm. We're tired. That's right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're tired. We're just like you. And if there were no black people in the world, what would what would this world look like? I don't know if it would even be created. I'm like you, say, uh, uh, Ms. Shade. You're saying mm-hmm. that you, you believe Adam and Eve were white. I believe Adam and Eve had to be, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, you know, it, but that the, is the whole, I, that, yeah, the whole idea of that though, it does make me want to uh, research and 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 find uh, because it, I I mean, there's a lot of people I think that are starting to say that that is the case, and I I would like to know that uh, that needs to be confirmed because in, in the end we were all made by God, but what an eye-opening event would that be for these racist white people? To know that they came from a black Adam and Eve. Maybe that would open their eyes a little bit. Girl, they'll find a way. Mm. They'll find a way not to believe the truth because they don't believe the truth about a lot of stuff. And once I read this letter, you're going you're gonna to find out that they don't want to believe the truth about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that they have hidden from us. And black people are very in, 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 in we're very intuitive and we're very inventive and we're very creative. And we have made mm-hmm. a way out of no way. They gave us a slop from the hog and we made that delicatessen. They gave That's us the greens. Right. They called them greens. We had to go out in the yard mm-hmm. and plant greens. They, we pick them now. Everybody wants to eat some greens. But everything that mm-hmm. they gave, gave us as slaves, we took and made something happen from it. So that lets me believe that God has put a special, a special, special, special something in black people. And no matter mm-hmm. what they do, the world would not be the same if we weren't here. Because for one, what would music be like? Oh, my goodness. Like? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> no, I don't even think about it. Mm-mm. Okay, what would, here's another one. What would sports be like? What would they be pretty like? Pretty boring. Probably pretty boring. <laughs> Very boring. I mean, I mean, we we bring a lot we, because we have we have a, an, an an internal gift on the inside of us, and it, it, mm-hmm. it's amazing what we can do. And and I want my people to understand we're very smart, and we have allowed people to take our smartness and just do what they want to do with it. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to realize that we're smart. We can do a whole. We can do all things. Mm-hmm. All things, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we had to do. And as my people, and to my people, black people, I want us to get back to the basics. The Bible was our foundation. That's what we used to have to do. 
We used to count on God for our strength, count on God for everything. In spite of what was going on, we had to count on God. So I just don't know what the world would be like without black people. And if somebody's mm-hmm. on the line, like I put out there, if someone is there and they can call in and give me their perception on what the world would be like without black people, I want to know. Maybe somebody got an answer. Mhm. Right. Okay. Okay. There's a caller. Uh, um. Awesome. Let, let me get this call on the line. Maybe this caller can tell us. Caller, uh, uh, Chris, put the call on the line because I need to know. Because I'm trying to figure out what the world would be like without my people. Because black is beautiful when you think about it. When you think about it, they put black in a bad and good light. Like when you want to go to a formal affair, they'll call it all black affair. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say a black tie affair. That's what they say, black tie. So yes, black is beautiful. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. When you mix uh, black with anything, it gives a beautiful color. So I mm-hmm. just want to know, what would they have? Uh, would they have some of these beautiful colors if black wasn't put in it? Right. Now, I do know that. Now, I'm just going to tell you, you know, I'm the reality coach, and Miss Shays, I don't mean no harm by this, but let me just tell you this. I ain't never known you can mix white with anything and make it super beautiful. All it does is get paler. <laughs> well, uh, there's only one one color I think that makes makes it look look pretty. If you mix it with with red, and I think it makes pink. <laughs> but other than that, no, I don't think there are any other. Mm-mm. No. Well, there you have The world wouldn't be right without black. You gotta have some black in no. it to get it right. Okay, That's to get right. it beautiful. I, I, I won't say mm-hmm. it's the only way to make things beautiful. Don't get me wrong. My white friends, mm-hmm. y'all beautiful too, but y'all know y'all got to have a little touch of that pepper in you to make it all right. That season mm-hmm. on the food, you got to have some spice, and that's what we bring. That's, that's what black right. brings the spice. That's right. That's right. Okay, so, right. Uh, brings, so we have a call on the line. Brings, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we got personality. We got flavor. Okay. That's we right. have a call on the line, Chris? Yes, ma'am. Um, for... For security purposes, we will only read the last four digits of your number, 2991, 2991, you are on live. Blessed evening. Well, hello. I am one. Oh, is this who I think this is? I'm not sure. Who do you think it is? Is this Mr. Mr. Alpha himself? No, no, no. This is. Well, anyway. Oh, all right. Well, go ahead. Tell us. Do you have an answer for me? Well, you know, I've been listening in, and, and I am enjoying the conversation. I am enjoying the conversation. And uh, I, I've got to agree with a lot of what you're saying. I've got to agree with a lot of what you're saying. And I've held the conversation on Adam and Eve, the very first, what you were speaking of. And I've prayed and asked the Lord about it. Give me an understanding, Father. Give me an understanding, Father. Now, not many black people agree with me on this, and I've always wondered why. Okay, but uh, hold on. Before you give that, before you give your comment, there's a lot of, okay. uh, there's some background, there's something in the background, and it sounds like you can hit us with something really good, and I want to hear it all. Okay, how's this? Oh, that's oh, that perfect, because you said the Lord. When you said the Lord, honey, come on with it. I don't want nothing in the background. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, now all right, okay. now I can hear you. Okay. Now? We ready. Okay. Yes, sir. Come on with it. And so 
looking at how man was created, we'll all agree that the Lord formed man from the ground, right? And, of course, we all know mm-hmm. good soil is black. It's black. You can't take nothing from it. The soil that grows the best is dark color. You can't use sand. You can't use half-filtered dirt. You have to have it with all its nutrients, everything. And that comes from mm-hmm. black dirt. So we know that Adam was black, indeed. But I've never seen a black bone. Never in my life have I seen a black bone. And so Eve being created Adam's rib, which is a bone, is safe to say, well, just according to my mind, and from what I received in my prayer after prayer, that she was of a lighter complexion. And then when you say it, when you take black and you mix it, you get the most beautiful of all. Mm-hmm. Black and black, nothing, nothing, nothing breaks that. It don't crack when it's black. Indeed, strong, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You take a black man and a white woman, you can create every color from almost purple to pale. And that's how you populate a world full of people of diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why some of our brothers can't help but be attracted to the Caucasian woman. Because that's the first woman Adam received. Now, this is just me. I can't say others will agree with me. And it's not to be meant to be confrontational. Scientifically, right. bone is white. Scientifically. Mm-hmm. It is, a well, a, at least a beige color. And when uh-huh. you get a Caucasian who has been in the sun and has worked, they have a bronze, bonish-looking color. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I, I thought I had that as I'm listening in, you know, because one, we want our people to be enlightened. We, we don't want mm-hmm. us to remain in the dark on things. And when mm-hmm. you said there was a time where blacks, all we did was went to God's word for our strength, for our guidance, for our integrity. There mm-hmm. were some things that was happening in our world when blacks did that, that ensured that we were the strongest race walking this planet, the race that everyone wanted to be like, look like, and act like. Mm-hmm. You better and preach. And the Romans and... Uh, ma'am? I say you better preach. <laughs> and so this is my first time having the privilege of being able to listen in on your show. And, and I believe I'm going to be listening in quite a bit more because there's nothing like women. Of course, my mom's black. My beautiful wife is black. My brother's in Christ and most of the people I know you know, they're, they're the black. I do have Caucasian mm-hmm. friends and some I love like family. And this is a heavy conversation. You're talking about the little boy. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a in a fully integrated town. I didn't know what racism was until I left my little haven of Baldwin, Michigan, where blacks and whites worked together, lived together, went to school together. And the little white girls didn't make fun of the little black girls in the 80s with the excellent shapes. They wanted them. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to be in Michigan because I was. I need to be in Michigan because uh, I didn't know what to do with what I had in the Lord. You know what? Though, let me just tell you, brother. Let me just keep it real. The reality, coach. You know, it's a good thing the Lord took that because I think I'd have been out of my mind right about now. I I, I wouldn't have been right. I, the the Lord would have to whoop me. I would have been right with what I had Because I swear, you remember the song by the Commodores? The, uh, she's a brick house. I I was her. Yeah. I was that girl. I was that girl. That 36, 24, 36. But now, y'all, it's been kind of went somewhere, but we ain't going to worry about it. We're just going to keep on loving me like I knew. 
Right. And, and that was it. My brothers thought there was something wrong with me because I'm, I'm very black. When I saw a black woman, there was nothing in my mind that said that there was any other woman walking the planet that can compare. Watching my mother and all the other black women in my family when it came to cook, when I went to my little white friend's house, it was like, um, y'all really eat this? And it really tastes good to you? And we don't eat macaroni and cheese for dinner. We eating fried chicken with greens and spaghetti and some cornbread. Little kids, like, can we come to your outside, Ron? Sure, Michael. Come and it's fried. Over. Don't forget that fried fish. Hey, don't oh, you forget that fried see? fish that they went and caught. Don't you forget that fish that they went and caught out by the creek. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We See, we did bluegill and sunfish. Um, we did do catfish every now and again, but that was more of a southern delicacy. So when the family from the south came up, that's when we got the catfish nuggets and the catfish filet, and my wife grew up on that in Perch. Okay, well, now what was the other fish? Okay, you said the other fish names were? What, what were they? Blue what? Bluegill and sunfish. They, they oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, oh they good. We, they, we call them pan fish. Them different ones you put in the, in the skillet with a little olive oil, some onions, and you, you put a little chives in there, and you cook it up. Oh, I'm telling you, your, your mouth will be happy for a long time. Well, I'm going to have to get me some of that because I don't know nothing about that kind of blue bluegill. I'm going to have to look up bluegill. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Miss Shay, we're going to get us, we're gonna, we going to have to get some northern stuff in us, too. We're going to have to get us some bluegill and whatever the other one was. You Earlier, you were talking about the young boy in the class. Mm-hmm. When I moved away from Baldwin till my mother moved us to the inner city, and I thought, I thought just like the little boy, I thought that black boys were mean. All they wanted to do was fight. I didn't understand it. I'm from the country. I grew up bow hunting and fishing and camping and hiking and biking and bow wheeling. And then we moved to the city, and there was none of that happening. So I was considered an Uncle Tom. They called me a coon and a good little slave because I wasn't like everybody else. Hmm. And I struggled with it, and today I still do. Because how I speak, I mean, you sound like you white. Why? Because I'm educated. Mm-hmm. Because I pronounce my words the way I was raised to. My aunt had a double doctorate in English, and she made sure mm-hmm. that the youth in her family could hold a conversation with everybody. Can I go ebonics? You better believe it. But I tend to stick with that which was implanted, which says right. when I step in front of people and I speak, they can understand what I'm saying. There's mm-hmm. no need to. To, to really try to understand the lingo that I'm using because I'm using proper English. Exactly. Correct. With it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So what you're saying is, and this is what I want to say to, um, to black people. We have a lot of racism within our own culture. So mm-hmm. you experienced racism from your own people, didn't you not? Or discrimination or yes. whatever. They both run hand in hand. Yes, and I still do. Wow. Just about every day. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a certified minister, so everywhere I go, it's, it's my privilege to take the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, everywhere I go. So when I walk in the grocery store and I'm standing in front of that cashier, I, I show, I don't just say thank you because that's what you say. I show appreciation <laughs> because her leaving her friends and family ensured that my friends and family can eat today. 
or I'm out there hunting and, and farming while my wife is being a seamstress, making sure we got clothing to wear. And so mm-hmm. if I can recognize the sacrifice of Christ, then I need to step back and take time to recognize the sacrifice of others. But I'll say to a black person, hey, y'all have a blessed day. Me and just ask that I slap the kid. Or they'll say, hey, may God bless you and your family. I receive that in the Lord and keep it moving. I'm like, can, can I have some? You know, you can bless me too, and God's not going to take yours away. Right. And, and, and the town I live in, these folks is mad around here. They protested, and they went crazy up here, only to allow things to stay the same. So where, 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 where is up here at? Are you still in the northern part? I live part? in Lansing. Yes, ma'am. I live in Lansing, Michigan. Lansing, Michigan. Wow. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. I, I'm, I'm honored to have you on here. I am really honored. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. And now oh, I would like to you. I challenge you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was saying I'm honored to be on your show. Oh, well, thank you. God bless you. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. But what I would like to say is, can you leave me with one invention that a black person created? I know you can because you, 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 look, use a house one, so you know something. Come on, tell me. Come on, housey. Well, I'm actually going to give you two. One is the air conditioner. One is the air conditioner. If the air conditioner was not created, by a black man, we'd all be extra hot, especially y'all down there in the South. And then I have a friend up here who invented a product called the All Sports Headgear. And it goes on your head. It is a universal towel to wear at sporting events around your house. Ladies with long hair, when they get out the shower, they can put it on, so they ain't got to wrap it up. If you at the sporting events and you're on the sideline, you can use it. Wipe your face, you can put hot packs in it, cold packs in it. And this gentleman thought about that because many blacks play sports and they wrapping towels around their neck or on their head. So he invented the, the all sports headgear for the black athlete to receive relief on the sidelines. And I am an independent distributor. Okay. So, wow. so that, that, okay. Now that's not the top. Okay. I'm, I'm confused. You say a headgear, it goes on your head. Yep, it's called the All Sports Headgear, and it is a universal versatile. It is made out of the same material as your towel. I mean, there are different materials you get in leather, you can get in terry cloth, but the ones that are used by athletes, it's like a regular towel. That you know how they wrap them around their neck or put them on their head. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mm-hmm. one that is invented just for that. Wow. Well, you make sure you look up Georgia Patterson. Can you can you uh, make sure you DM me so I can um, I can get some more information on that because that is fascinating. I don't think it's made it here yet. And look, and if I can be the first distributor to get it out here, I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll yeah. make that happen. I'll oh, I can make that happen. Oh, I can make that Thank happen. Thank you so much for your call and your knowledge, and we appreciate you. And God bless you. God, is there anything you want to say to him, Miss Shades, before he goes? Oh, what I the only thing I can think of on my face, I am so grateful for the description you gave of the jerk and the bone. And I'm telling you, if I have any any 
control over this. It's going to spread like wildfire. I want everybody to know that. That's one of the most amazing ways to think about how God created people, and I and I love it. I, I just love that your your you know the perspective you gave on that. So thank you for that. That's it. I'm going to share it. Of course. Thank you. I, I, okay, Ladies. now, wait a minute. Wait you a minute. Know? Before he goes, now, I want to talk about this bone. Now, I have seen some bones with some different color to it. Now, I've seen some bones. I, a neck bone, maybe you don't know about the southern thing, but that neck bone, it's like, <laughs> that neck bone, it's all the way about the rib bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, help me on. All right, Miss Shay. Thank you for helping me on that because I was going to say that neck bone, it ain't all the way white now, but that real <laughs> bone, it's like, okay, all right. I am going to tell you ladies this. I am going to tell you ladies this. When it comes to women who know how to care for their family and know how to make their men feel strong and powerful, not that other races can, when you got a black woman who stands behind her black man, there ain't nothing they can't accomplish. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Through hard mm-hmm. times, you through know- good times. And when you put the Lord in the mix, and you following his edits and his decrees, not what you believe mm-hmm. he's saying, but what he is actually saying. My wife and I haven't mm-hmm. had an argument going on ten years. Wow! wow. Ten years. Wow! That's awesome. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! Let me By ask. Power you, let God. me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Before you go, I know I'm just enjoying your conversation, but you're so insightful. Yes. I want to ask you mm-hmm. this. I've, I've I've written a book, and in my book I say something about. Um, I make a comparison between good times and the Cosby's. Which show would you take? Good times or Cosby? <laughs> Cosby's. Why? Why? Times showed a struggle that didn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. And Cosby's showed that when black people educate themselves and don't allow anything, to hold them back, you don't become the victim. You become the victor. You become mm-hmm. the voice that lead many. Let's face it, the Cosbys, there's a lot of Caucasian families who are strong because they sat down and watched the Cosbys. But they got really confused when they watched the, the good times because they didn't understand, wait a minute, how are they poor and they're still having a good time? How are they going through this? Why is all this? And I didn't understand mm-hmm. it because I was not inner city. And I was raised in the country and home where it was more like the Cosby's. And so I could identify more with the Cosby's. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, sir. Not mm-hmm. that that didn't happen. You go ahead and get out of line and let Miss Evans get at you. Nah. <laughs> that part was universal. Yeah. Go ahead and get in trouble <laughs> and watch what happened. Yeah. And the Cosby's were more mm-hmm. modern. I was brought up in the Cosby okay, and era, see, now, so I really didn't understand the Chicago life. And see, now I understand, and I kind of figured that you would say you would lean more towards the Cosby because you, you're more familiar with that. That is the era in which you grew up, so I can understand mm-hmm. that. That was just a question that I wanted to ask, and that's a good answer. No answer is a bad answer, but that's a good answer, and you explained that very well. More modern. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, and I look forward to Speaking to you again, and don't yeah. forget to DM me. Oh, I will not. I will get your information, and uh, you know, I've even got samples that I can send out. And so, okay, uh, when when we get this information Excellent. going, I'm gonna make sure one get in the mailbox for you, so that um, you can be the first person where you at to have an all sports headgear. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. All right. Woo, woo, woo. All right. Thank you so much. Excellent. I look forward to it, and may God continue to bless you, your family, and your show. May the insight mm-hmm. and wisdom that mm-hmm. you give not only encourage and uplift others, but allow them to see what they can be and what they can accomplish when they trust in the Lord and trust in those he has empowered with his wisdom. All this I ask mm-hmm. and pray in Jesus Christ's mighty and magnificent name. And amen, my mm-hmm. sisters. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, Thank you so much. he was about to make me cry because I'm going through so much. And I really didn't want to do this show. I really didn't because I'm going through so much. But when he said what he said, that prayer is yeah. just, man, he has no, man, he has no idea what he just did for me. Thank oh, you, Lord. That's I, awesome. I thank God, God knows. Well, well, let God me, let knows. me get off because I'm. I'm a crybaby. I'm a crybaby. Y'all know I'm a crybaby. So, uh, well, okay. Me too. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. Wow. Okay, Chris, we have another caller. Chris, are you there? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. Uh, Yes, we do have one more caller on the line. Uh, For security purpose caller, we have. The last four digits of your phone number as five two two one five two two one. You are on the air with Dorothy Patterson, the reality cook, and Miss Shades. Oh Lord, Miss Shades, let me warn you. Let me tell you who this uh-huh. is. This is a mm-hmm. faithful caller. I call her Miss Firecracker. Uh, Miss Shades, let's put our let's put our seatbelts on because ain't no telling what she getting ready oh, okay. to put us through. Let's okay. buckle up and buckle down. Go ahead, uh, Miss Firecracker. Okay. Uh, good evening. Good evening, Miss Firecraft. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Welcome, uh, guest. I was um, listening. I truly enjoyed your last caller. I was, I yeah. was like talking to myself, right? Because I, I really wanted to be on, you know, included where I could talk in the conversation with him and ask him a question. <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Just one moment. You just said you really want to be included in the conversation with him because you really want to talk to him. Uh, Miss Shays, I think she's trying to say something to us. Uh, Miss Firecracker, are you trying to say something? <laughs> well, no, not really. I think he was just so found and spoke so well. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just was good. I'm enjoying Miss Shays as well, but he, he, it was a fresh air. And then it was a man. You know, you better be set up, Miss Firecracker. You can, okay, Miss Firecracker, you off the hook. You can stay lit because I was giving a chance him to click you off that real quick. Now go ahead, Miss Firecracker. Okay. Good job. Thank you for cleaning that up and clarifying that because me and me and Miss Shades, we was gonna have our feelings hurt. Oh no, 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 no. Oh well, bring him back on. I, oh wait a minute, he's still on. Can you put him on with us since he wants since Miss Firecracker wants to talk to Mister Lanson, Michigan? Can he come back on with us? Is there any way you can do that, Chris? Yes, ma'am. He is live right now. There he is. Oh, Mr. Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. Miss Firecracker. She calls every week. She had the nerve to tell (laughs) us that she wants. Now, me and and Miss Shades, we doing our thing with you. She had the nerve to say, oh, I really enjoyed that last call. I really want to be on the conversation (laughs) with him. Now, I had to ask her what she's trying to say about me and Miss Shades. 
that you all do such a great job that you bring insightful people on your show and she appreciates you all. That's what I heard. Right. Now, you know what? Now, now see, I ain't going to fool with you either. Go ahead. Well, me, me and Miss Stage, we just going to sit back and let you two conversate. And we'll just throw in our little piece every now and then. Would you agree, Miss Stage? Can we do that? That sounds good. That sounds great. Okay, okay. Miss Firecracker, you on the line with Miss Lancet, Mr. Lansing, Michigan. Go ahead. Mr. Lansing, Michigan, first, I would like to say, have you ever heard of Benton Harbor, Michigan? Yes, I have. That is my hometown. I've been in Dallas, Texas oh, since 1981. Wow. My wife's from Benton Harbor, her and her family. Oh, my God. Well, I'm not going to ask you her, the name on the live show, but I guarantee you, you know as small as Benton Harbor is, if you say her family name, I'm going to know her, and she's going to know my family. That's how yeah. Well, we won't ask him who the people. We not getting ready to go through all that YouTube. Y'all not getting ready to put it, put me and Miss Shades out this conversation. We gonna fit in somewhere. We gotta commute or something. My 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 question to you is: How would you see the world? If you there wasn't any black, you Pacific, if there was no color black, and if there were no black people, in your view, how would you see the world? Are you asking me, the reality coach? Are no. you asking Mr. Lanson? Are you I'm asking Miss Shay? I'm asking Mr. Lanson first. Oh, okay. Without, without blacks in the world, there would be a lot more chaos on a larger scale because Caucasians mm-hmm. don't tend to know how to do anything piecemeal. All they know how to do is go all in. So if there's a war, they're going to kill everybody. If there's hunger, mm-hmm. everybody's going to starve. If there's money to be made, they're going to take all of it up from one another. Mm-hmm. And if you're not part of their inner circle or doing what they say to do, then you don't deserve to exist. Mm-hmm. And so... What blacks bring, we bring a temperament. We bring an added structure of of strength and integrity. Not saying that Caucasians don't have it. That's not what I'm saying. But it's a different type. For Caucasians to say, yes, sir, they must be in the military. Blacks say, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, out of respect. A lot of people think it comes due to slavery, but that's not where it comes from. That respect of your elders, that respect of those who came before you means more to us as a people than just about any other race short of Orientals. Blacks believe in their ancestors. They believe that the struggle that they went through was not meant to tear us down but to build us up. So without blacks, that aspect of life would not exist. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we need to record that. I think we, we need to we need to put that in some writing or something because that was very good. I don't well, don't ask me because he didn't just took over the show, Mr. Lance, Mr. Lance in Michigan. I'm just gonna let you answer this question from now on, Sandy. I mean, Ms. Michelle, what you think? Yeah, no, that what he said is exactly what what I was saying about the world level. 
as I felt like that the white people would just take over themselves instead of taking over the black people the way they did. They would just suppress something because the ones who think they're better than everybody else want to uh, put their foot and 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 stand down on not no respect for Mr. Floyd, but they want to they want to oppress somebody and something to do all the work for them. And so that's why I believe uh, there would be two classes, no middle class. I think there would be the very rich and the very poor, and and exactly. I think there would be a lot of, of people losing, uh, continuing to lose their lives, it was, you know, so. Well, well, let said, me try to Mr. Thing. Mm-hmm. well, let me yeah. try to put some icing on this, let me put some icing, try to put some icing on this cake that y'all are baking or have baked. Um, <laughs> what, what I see, what I would see is I think we would be blind. Everyone would be blind. They wouldn't see anything. They wouldn't see anything because there would be no justice, there would be no peace, there would be chaos, because as both callers have said, people, white people, from what I see, they can be very, very greedy, they're very competitive, and they don't want anyone to have something that they think that they deserve. So they will steal from each other, they will do whatever, because not all white people, now don't get it wrong, because we have it in Mm -hmm. our culture too, don't get it wrong, I'm just saying. If we, she said, if there were no black people in the world, none. Because, see, let me tell you, the behaviors that were learned by black people, the bad behaviors that were learned, we were slaves. We weren't taught. Amen. We were taught. We were beaten into submission to craziness. Mm-hmm. We were beaten to, mm-hmm. to to talk about each other. We were beaten to turn on each other. We were given special favors to 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 turn on one another. That's learned behavior that we were beaten and beaten into submission. That's mm-hmm. not how we would talk. And in spite of what they did to beat the black people into it, we, we have overcame it all. So bottom line is if there were no black people in the world, it would be complete chaos. It would be complete mm-hmm. Because they, 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 they don't know how to do it. Do you mind if I yeah. I'm sorry. What did you yeah. say, Ms. Uh, Firecracker? Can you what? Oh no! I'm, this is this is sorry, Ron. I was asking. Do you mind if I interject? Oh, please do. If I said something that needs some fattening, fat on it, go ahead. We we at the table table. You can put some meat on it. Go ahead. It's the Kane syndrome. No, the Kane syndrome is exactly what it sounds like. Kane is the first murderer. Kane is the first jealous person to walk this planet. Kane was the first one to question God which is what you see many Caucasians do. You see, while working the fields with his brother, there were two complexions out there. One was dark and one was light. One felt the burn of the sun, the other one didn't. So that burn of the sun made the Caucasian son wonder if God loved him and why he loved his brother more, who didn't burn in the sun. And so that anger turned to fear. That fear turned to murder. That murder turned to fear. Oh, they want to kill me. Whoever finds me, they're going to kill me, you know, because I'm white and they're black and they're not going to understand. And so from that standpoint, God says anyone who seeks to kill Cain, they would get some wrath. Now imagine all the people who have tried to stand up a Caucasian since that time, what has happened to them? That's why they must be placated. That's why Caucasians must be made to feel a bit better than they do so that they don't match out violence. That's why the white cops who feels threatened by the black man must kill him. He's suffering from pain syndrome. 
Huh? Mm. Mm. Well, that Cain mm. syndrome. Well, I guess you're mm-hmm. right because guess what? Didn't Cain kill his brother out of jealousy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. He did. I, I have a comment. Okay, Miss Firecracker, go ahead. I don't know of any other race of people that was so barbaric and so unemotional than white people. I'm sorry. They they wanted to see men fight lions to the death. Uh, they had hangings and murderers and stuff in front of their kids. They brought their wife and kids out, out to watch when they hung and beat slaves. They were so violent and so bloodthirsty to see to see murder and blood and death from the time I have looked back and researched their generation, their generation after generation, they came from just being barbaric animals. So I feel like that the if it wasn't any black, they would probably still be in that same state because we were not that type of a, a people, a race of people. We were not to be murderers and want to see murders and killings and blood. And so now they don't have that, but they, you know, they create games. Most of the violent games and stuff are created by Caucasian people. So I see them and from their heritage as a barbaric animalistic type of race. And so I'm thinking that we as black and as slaves brought more humanity into the world Mm -hmm. it cost us a lot but i feel like he brought humanity and other races brought humanity into the world Mm -hmm. wow can can i say something yes please go ahead miss chase um uh i hear what she's saying about the the barbaric uh, behavior um but my take on it is because um i think that that Satan has he we all know he's been given uh he's a, he's able to do whatever he wants basically in this world. And so I believe that Satan is to me is the root of all things that are really when people do things because not all white people are that way and thanks the Lord that that the because otherwise there wouldn't be we wouldn't be have come as far as we have with with uh things we're not where we need to be at all. We're not where we need to be. But um, but I, I feel like it's really uh, Satan that, that's uh, inside of people, and they they don't get him out. And and anyhow, does that make sense? What I said. It makes yes. sense to a. It makes sense to a degree. However, God did give us a choice. He gave okay. us a mind. Oh, hold, hey, excuse me. Okay, can you guys hold that thought? Because we have to, let's take a break real quick because this is going to get even, even deeper because I understand uh, Ms. Firecracker and Ms. Shades, I'm telling you, and, and Mr. Lansing, Michigan, this is getting ready to get deep because, I mean, you're getting ready to get into my, my wheelhouse, which is spiritual warfare. That's where we are. So, you guys, mm-hmm. um, let's, let, let's take a break real quickly and chew on that. So you guys stay tuned because we're getting ready to get us a taboo table and we're getting ready to put all kind of meat on the table. Okay? So <laughs> we'll be right, right back mm-hmm. in a minute. 
Okay. You're listening to Dorothy Patterson, uh, the reality, the reality show, show, right now on TPV Radio. Call on the sky. Some dreadlock call them jive. Some call they arm, leg, leg, arm, head, I lie. I'm like a brother of Christ, the creator of life. When I get back with that spit, that truth man, like rolling a dice. Bigger Woo! than cars and ice, no longer living in fear. Ever since I was born, the hurt, the end was near. Will I be ruined for pursuing everything in my reach? Should I keep doing what I'm doing, trying to live what I preach? How many haters want to stop you when you're bringing the heat? Just keep my name about your mouth when you speak of defeat. See, this ain't about the fame, it was always about the faith. You thought it was a game, so you hurry up and wait. But I'm about his business, his God is my witness Running to the light, cause in the light I see the ditches Now why would I fear a man? I'm a man myself From my collard greens and spam to plants Don't really matter if you watch love Whatever If you wanna see God without love Never break the chains in your mind cause you have all power I'm telling you, you and your final wow Don't really matter if you must love about the dope, not talking about the dimes, I'm talking about your soul, talking about your life because mine is a miracle, I used to live for money, I wanted the love of many, went looking for milk and honey, I see it's already in me, like paintings on the ceiling, my feelings are rare type, making you change your dealings and losing yourself in hype, some people lose the battle so engineers get them tight, but I'm focused on the spirit, you hearing him when I write, now you can have the plan and I'm reaching for higher heights, when it's all said and done, how many did you in life, you was Muslim, Hindu, Christian or whatever, if you want to see God, Without love, never break the chains in your mind Cause we have all power I'm telling you, you win the final hour Don't really matter if you must love Whatever If you wanna see God without love Never break the chains in your mind Cause you have all power I'm telling you, you win your final hour Don't really matter if you must love Trying to treat everyone I see like they my kin How you loving God but you won't let them in your heart Just cause you went to college that don't mean it made you smart You still chasing pennies for pennies and turning pennies to mammies Now mammies mad at the grannies, grannies don't understand I'ma keep it real simple, trying to love them when they hate me Why? I love the one that made me oh, No more religion, because it brought division Make a decision, we all are just visiting Playing black church, white church, Asians, Indians Mad at the KKK for trying to fit in But y'all in the same predicament you hating, and every time you do that, you worship and say Now from Emmett Till to Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown Or from the Little Rock Nine to Oklahoma University's racism Why is it that black culture in America continues to be the same form of ignorance? Using the First Amendment to justify hate Don't really matter if you're Muslim, Hindu, whatever If you want to see God without love Never break the chains in your mind cause you have all power I'm telling you, you win your final wow You understand me? The Christians say Jesus is the messenger. The Muslims say it's Muhammad. I say, did you get the message?
All right, let's get okay, let's get back at the table. Okay, before the break, um, Miss Firecracker, you were saying that there is a choice. Can you give us clarity about what you were saying? Okay, God, she, you know, we blame a lot of stuff on Satan, and Satan is who he is, and he has the power that God gives, gave him. However, God created us to have a heart and to have a, a mind that we can make our own choices. Satan cannot make you do anything. He gave us the instruction in which to go by that we can defeat Satan. Matter of fact, he's already defeated. And God gave us the, 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 the book to go by that we don't have to allow Satan to use us in any form of fashion. And when we do, it's by choice. When you say that you are a Christian, you have a choice that you don't have to be used by Satan. I do understand back in the earlier days that they were not Christians and they were just terrible, but they still was a choice. And no, not all Caucasian people agree with the things that they did, but we're talking about majority. Now, even there were Christians, there were devout Christians doing slavery, but it did not keep them from raping women, selling off their children, murdering, beating slaves, and they were devout Christians. Oh, well, let me, hold on. Before anybody responds, I, I'm looking at, at the comments. Now, one 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 caller brought up, one listener said something that's very, very important that we need to understand. She says Satan does not know our thoughts. Well, okay, okay uh, I'm no pastor, but 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 uh, uh, Mr. Lance in Michigan, can you can you give feedback on that? I I am on I, I'm in agreement and I'm listening to my sister y'all call Miss Firecracker. I tell you what uh-huh. I told people that all the time. A lot of people give Satan more power than he got. A whole mm. lot more. They do something wrong and oh Satan did it. You show Satan did it and not the sin that you want to do. I've never seen a person struggle with a sin that they wanted to do. Only the ones they didn't want to. So if you want to be mean, you're not going to struggle with that sin. You're going to embrace it. But if you don't want to be a molester, but your brain is on that, then you struggle with that because it's not what you want to do. And so, like, Satan cannot read our minds. Satan, all he can do is prompt and pick and then set scenarios in front of us for us to make a choice from our free will. Mm. Sometimes you got to stop back and ask yourself, Lord, and and yourself, Lord, self, is it the sin that I was born with that's causing me to do this? Or is it Satan? And if it's Satan, I still have a choice to follow him or not. How it is. And with Caucasians, I've known them to be some of the most compassionate and kind people. I've had Caucasians do more for me than most blacks. And there are some that I love. One group I call mom and dad. The other I call mother figure and father figure. And they have loved me. I mean, loved me. 
where the biological black men in my life have not. And I can't say Satan caused the black man to be that way and God caused the white people to be like that. No, they all have personal choices. Mm. Well, now, mm-hmm. what I will say to that, I will backdoor all of that, and I, I concur and agree with both what everyone says. I think that we do give Satan way too much credit and we, in order to excuse our own behaviors, our own personal desires, because it is a free will. You can fight some things. There, is, there are times when the Holy Spirit will speak to us and we will ignore. Example, you can say, we call it um, deja vu, ESP, or um, what is that? You know, say, for instance, you say, something tells you to go right and you end up going left. And once you go left, you see why you should have went right. Ooh, I should have followed my first mind. No, you should have followed the Holy Spirit. Premonition. There you go. That far. Intuition. Yeah. There you go. So we give Satan way too much credit. What do you have to say, Miss Shazy? Would you agree with all of that? Uh, yeah, and um, when I made my comment, I wasn't trying to blame Satan, but I know that you know, in fact, Adam and Eve in the beginning, when um, when Satan did convince um, Eve to uh, share the fruit with with um, Adam and, and, and then they saw they ate from the tree of knowledge and everything was, was innocent and good before they did that and then when they ate from the fruit is when you know they were now aware and I think that like I said I'm not blaming Satan but then there there is temptation and just like Mr. Lansing said about there are things put into play in front of us and um, I think at the end of the day see, see here's my thing I don't see color i see people and i think regardless of i mean when when you talk about just people in general people are going to do good things and people are going to do bad things and absolutely miss uh firecracker that uh god gives us free will and so we do have to uh be taught that we can make a choice when we're faced with temptation uh to to do what's wrong that we uh need to uh choose the right choice and um but i think uh you know there's it kind of to me, it's it's like we're in this world of good versus evil, and um, if everybody stood for what was good, it'd be a much better place. But you're always going to have someone making that bad choice and giving into some kind of temptation. So that's that's the only um, response I had really on that. Well, that's that's a great response. That's Amen. great. Amen. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, now, uh, I was, I was asked, I was sent a personal text, uh, Miss Shades, what uh-huh. is your nationality? Um, okay, so I look white, but I was raised by a one hundred uh, full-blooded Mexican mother and a uh, Caucasian one hundred percent white dad. I got my DNA results not too long ago though, and it's a, it's like thirty-seven percent. Uh, London, England, like uh, I think 37, 32, 33% Mexican, a whole bunch of these little bitty countries in Europe, but then I was 3% African. <clears throat> so, but I, I look white, but I was raised by the Hispanic. There go that black dirt again, girl. I knew, I knew yeah. you was my cousin. I knew you was my cousin. That 3%, you my cousin, girl. I knew it. I knew it. I felt it in my bones. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and I okay. just recently found that out a couple months ago, so. Yeah. Okay, okay, so y'all, in other words, we don't know what color she is. <laughs> but I hear, okay, so, but you know what? If I can add this in too, 
I would definitely um, would say that I experienced a white life, and I didn't even okay. know, and I'm ashamed to say that I didn't even know I had white privilege for a long time. Um, I, I just nobody taught that to me. Now I was taught by my parents to not be prejudiced. We were never think that we we're better than than any other race. And, and it's wrong. Uh, racism is just horrible. It's terrible. You will not do that. And I couldn't understand why anybody would do it in the first place. But uh, not and probably, I don't know, I guess maybe the last 10 years have I really realized, oh, my God, I did have white privilege. And, and it just it makes me sick to even think about it. But, um, but no, I, I'm, I'm afraid I've been ignorant for a very, very long time. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know, and here's here's another white uh, a white viewer. Uh, she says uh, some people, regardless of color, do not have a conscience, and I would say that to be true. I would say that to be very true. Very much, and very much so. Mhm. Yeah. Okay, Miss. Okay, Miss Firecracker. Can yes. you give me one? Can you give me one black person that the world that changed the world that you can say? That I maybe an inventor or something. Well, you know, um, I might can't give you names, but I can name some things that were invented by black. Okay, well, name one thing that was invented by a black person. Oh, uh, the ironing board was improved uh, by a black woman. The dustpan and the broom was uh, created by a black woman. But one other thing that's recent, I want to say I, the iPhone, wasn't it? The iPhone? Oh, yes. now I don't know. I'm going to have to fact check that one. Uh, if a caller can, if, if someone watching can Google it, because I don't know about the iPhone. But I know the GPS. <laughs> oh, okay. But but anyway, that's good. We we thank you for that. So you say, what would the world be without black people? To you again, can you, you you say it would be barbaric? You think would be barbaric? I think it would have been not as civil as it is. I wouldn't say that it would be like it was back a long time ago. But I do, I don't think it would be as civilized as it is. I don't. Well, you know, and, and when I go back and I watch the, what are those movies, some of those things like um, Spartacus and, and um, uh, Camelot and all of those movies, uh, they were very barbaric. They were very, I mean, it was just un, unfathomable that people can do this to another human being. You know, they would have, they would have these big brothels of, I don't even know what they were called back then, but they would have it where they would go and put people in the center to kill them, to beat them. And, and, and I mean, I think that that behavior was carried on, and instead of beating the white, they said, you know, being, I, I don't even know when we came, but I do know that it seems like they took the same behavior they did on their own and took it to the black people and stopped beating their own and treating them like that. But before, I don't see very many of us in those movies. <laughs> that's, that's, that is right. hilarious. <laughs> well, and also, what? if you think back to the caveman days, the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think I, I think I interrupted. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead. You said go back to the caveman days? I said when we go back to the, the, the caveman type days and, and there was a lot of, you know, everybody had to hunt and, and survive and um, it was harsh conditions and uh, maybe maybe there was a lot of that mentality of everything. I have to hunt and kill things and if something threatens me, again, here we have that word being threatened, if something's taken away from me, uh, uh, then I've got to go kill whoever's trying to get what I'm trying to get. Um, mentality. I, I don't know. And 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 then as things progress, and yeah, and here's nothing. We've got to get to know each other. Um, um, mm-hmm. There's this assumption sometimes that that uh, somebody of of a different color uh, doesn't it automatically hates me. And until you get to know that person, um, you, you there's this the, everything can change in, in talking with someone and looking at someone. Right, I'm talking about right in front of them. Be right and look into their eyes because, you know, as human beings, when we when we see each other, we've got to start seeing each other as another person and and hear that person's story and hear what they've been through. Um, because when you get to know people, I don't know anybody who doesn't attempt to get to know someone, it doesn't make the relationship better somehow. It can and sometimes it can make it worse. But it's all what's the intent of the 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 person inside, but. I do believe that the more we get to know each other and talk to each other, then we will realize, you know, we're not really against each other. Well, my, uh, my, my, my soul last week, what did you say, uh, Mr. Mr. Lansing? I struggle with the hood. I do. I, um, I, yeah. I, you say you I'm struggle with the hood? Yes, I'm not afraid, but I have fear. Most blacks don't don't like me. Most most blacks see me, they they tend like I said they call me Uncle Tom, and I don't understand the mentality of many inner city blacks and white privilege. Many blacks say that that's how me and my family are. We we exist in that type of privilege ever since I was a kid, which again is why I identify with the Cosby Show. What? You know, many people felt like that was a lot of blacks I've spoken to. They didn't really like the Cosby show. Many of them liked good times. Could identify with that more. And well, now, 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 can I put a comma right there? Let me explain to you yeah. why I, I like good times. Let me explain to you why I like good times. Uh, I like the Cosby, but I, I, I could identify. I saw more in good times. And let me explain to you why. In good times, I saw a family that struggled and they stayed together. I did not see a father, and I didn't see it with the Cosby's either, but I saw that the picture that they gave that most black men when they're struggling and their families are struggling, they leave their family and they leave the mother with the children. That's not what James Evans did. He stayed in the struggle with his family. That's the first thing I noticed. The second thing I noticed is that Florida made sure, regardless if James was out there working, she made sure she was in that house raising her children. It wasn't no sitter. It wasn't nobody else. It was her putting what she needed in her in, in the household. She taught her children to stay in their lane. JJ was the artist. Nobody tried to pick up nothing and draw because they wasn't that wasn't their lane. And then Michael was the smart one. When they needed information, they went to Michael. Michael, can you tell us this? And then Thelma was the playwright. Now everybody stayed in their lane. And then it wasn't that James Evans didn't like to see the upper class or what James let them know. Don't ever get it twisted. Just because I live in the ghetto don't mean I'm ghetto. And you're not getting ready to come here and mistreat us. So I saw the beauty within that beast. 
I saw, and then I saw how neighborly, neighborly they were. Willona would come and get a cup of sugar. The bookmen would make sure that they had what they needed. I didn't see the commodity that I saw with good times on the Cosby show. I didn't see, now I may have missed some series. I don't know, but I did see a well-to-do. Now, I, I mind you, I grew up like you. Mr. Lanson, I grew up where blacks didn't want me because they thought I was better than them, and then the whites thought I was trying to be them, so I was stuck in between in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do, but thank God I survived. But I'm just saying, I, could re- I, I couldn't relate to good times, but I could understand the message that was given. The message was given. Everybody stayed in their lane. And not saying that the Cosby's didn't, because they did. But it was just a different, it was a different, different way of life. And I could appreciate yeah. both ways of life. But I understood from what I knew from other people that, I, that, that didn't live like me. I saw the struggle that a lot of my black families were within. They were more like the good times versus there were the Cosby's. And that's all I can say. And then my thing is the Cosby's is also in, in, in field uh, entrepreneurship. I'm not the Cosby's. I'm sorry, good times. Entrepreneurship. Everybody was an entrepreneur of something. And the Cosby, mm-hmm. they was in pursuit of education. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you, one thing I do know about education now, and it's coming very apparent, somebody can always take your place. There's a whole bunch of educated people. But when you use what God gave you, that internal mastermind that he gave you inside, can't nobody touch that. There are people that can build a whole house with just their brain. They didn't have to have a computer to tell them what dimension and what cut to make and what angle to go in. They knew how to do it. And that's what I'm talking about. Ingenuity. That's what I Amen. saw on good time. Ain't nothing wrong with the Cosby. Don't get me wrong, people. So don't y'all start emailing me and texting me. You didn't like the Cosby. You didn't like, uh, well, uh, you didn't. Well, anyway, hey, my producer want to say something. Will you come on, Pastor? Come on, Chris. You come on and say, y'all, this is the producer. He 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 checking me out, y'all. He probably getting ready to tell me about myself. He always telling me something. But go ahead. Come on, Chris. Don't do me too bad now. You know we on the air now. You know I'm Facebook Live and too. Don't do me too bad. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. But, okay, uh, thank you. <laughs> I I understand. See, because I'm in the middle. I grew up watching okay. Good Times with my mama. And I also grew up watching the Cosby's. And I also watched Different World. Now, mm. I grew up in the hood. But my mother was very strict on me as a black man to get my education meaning how to speak and articulate and have conversation. Now, I do know how to speak ebonical lyricism, even though I made that up, but I don't I know how to speak it to my people. But when I'm going before um, a, a board or if I'm going before uh, businessmen or women, I know how to articulate as such. Now, the problem with our race as black people, we tend to tell, tell other black folks that know how to diversify themselves in the workforce. We, they're called Uncle Toms or Oreos. Amen. Now, I, I, I don't get that because we want to live just as well as our Caucasian counterparts, our Asian counterparts, and so forth. So why are we, why are we as a people in every culture 
knocking everyone down. We have the Caucasians knocking Caucasians because they love black people. Or they have the black people uh, knocking the black people because we love all people. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So uh, what I pray for is the, the the whole thing about it is love. You have to understand who you're, who's your first love. And I don't mean to hmm. preach, but what I'm saying is we have to go back to our first love. Our first love is Christ. Once we understand That's that, like ex- yes, and once we understand that love, we can therefore transfer it to other people. Now, everybody may not like it. Everybody might feel some kind of way about it, but at the end of the day, the only way we're going to kill this nonsense is by loving. It hurts, yes. I, you think it? Hurt, you think I get? I got hurt all the time being the youngest black business owner in an all-white establishment with a whole bunch of old money, as we call it here in Texas, old money. They looking at this mm-hmm. black man own something, and they looking at me like I'm cross-eyed. Whoa, aren't you supposed to be doing something, yo, yo, yo? I said, excuse me, sir. No, I, I don't speak that language. And then they look at you like you're crazy. But see, these are the things that we have to deal with in society. And I, it's sad that a lot of people don't grow up learning diversity because I, cr- I grew up from a melting pot in New Jersey and New York. There's no such thing as race, color, or creed there because we grew up with everybody. We understand everybody's nationality. We understand everybody's culture, and it's all good. So we don't have that prejudice. When I came down to the South, however, reality hit me real quick because a lot of people are ignorant to the fact that you that everybody bleeds the same. I don't care if you're black, white, green, pur- polka dot, purple, or blue. We all bleed the same. Mm-hmm. Whether we're the most mm-hmm. dominant culture or not, who cares? The fact of the matter is we are all made from Christ's image, period. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. embrace that and come together with just that thought. Yes, I love being a black man. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I want to be holding hands with my Asian brothers, my white brothers, my polka dot brothers, my Mexican brothers, my mm-hmm. Hispanic, everybody. This is the whole, this is the vision that God had for all of us. So we, we the people, got this racism stuff jacked up. That's why we're all prejudiced against each other. That's why we have this white and black conversation. That's why all these people are getting killed and shot and having this ghetto mentality and TVs projecting the wrong image of the black man. So when a white uh, a white a woman or a white man looks at a black man in the suit and the tie, they're looking at us like we're from a foreign country because they're used to seeing us in a negative light. See, there's a lot of different aspects you can throw to the table, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when you stand before the Father, he is not going to judge you based on your mm-hmm. race. And I digress. Right. I'm done. Back to you, Dorothy. Okay, well, now y'all heard it from the horse's mouth. Now, let me tell you something. I experienced this in my first time ever experiencing racism at its finest. I had applied for a job at a bank. I had did two phone interviews. And because I can articulate myself very well, but I do have to adapt to my surroundings, and I will, because I can go from the White House to the dungeon. It makes no difference to me. However, this particular time that I realized racism was real was when I applied for this job. They were so happy to have me over the phone as their new employee. 
But when I got to my third and final interview before I was solidified as their new bank teller, when I got there, because Dorothy Patterson is a popular name. Dorothy can go either way. And then because they are obviously were not accustomed or acclimated to someone being able to articulate themselves very well of my nationality. Well, when I walk into the bank, and, and, and y'all, I'm telling you, I was so shocked. I just knew I went in there with my, I put on my Sunday's best. So I step into the door, I get to the, to the area where they told me that I needed to sit. I go in and I wait for the hiring manager to come in. When she walked to the door, she was taken back, taken aback because she saw me, a black woman, sitting before her that they had virtually hired over the phone, virally hired, virtually hired over the phone. But when she saw I was black, it was amazing how she backpedaled. And you know what I told her? I said, I used Martin, use Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote. Over the phone, you judge me by the content of my character, not my color. But in person, you're judging my color and not my character. And I just left out of heartbroken because I had no idea that I was going And I was so excited about being one of these first black tellers. I should have knew that was a clue then. First black teller, you 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 know? And, and it, it is so... It is so it was so sad and it broke me. It, it it almost made me not want to look at white people. But then, you know, there's a choice. You can either allow Satan to harden your heart or you can keep God first and make your heart smart. Because let me tell you, I got some wonderful white friends, especially Miss Miss Shays. I love me some Miss Shays. I love me Miss Monica. I love me a whole bunch of white people. And thank God that I made the right choice not to allow Satan to harden my heart. And this is what I want to say to everyone that is under the sound of my voice. Let's try to do what we can to erase racism as much as we Mm -hmm. can, because that is what's keeping us so divided. That's what's keeping America, America in a mess. We're tired. If you are tired, click like and share this so people can see that black people are here to stay. We're not going anywhere. White people are here to stay. They're not going anywhere. All nationalities, they're they're not going anywhere. And now we've got every nationality mixing with the black, white, the blue. I mean, not blue, but the black, white, the Hispanic. We don't even know some nationalities anymore. So it's time out for all of that. The key is love. It's time to just simply love out of fear simple love. God says the greatest of these things mm-hmm. is love. And that's what mm-hmm. we're going to have to do. So let me tell you, what would the world be without black people? It would be something else. And I want to read to you because it's almost time for the hour is drawing. Look, the hour is drawing nigh. As they say, the hour is drawing nigh. Now I got to put my glasses on because I want to read this to you all. And this was sent to me and it was entitled What if the world what if there were no black people in the world? And it says, this is a story of a little boy named Theo who woke up one morning and asked God, what if there were no black people in the world? Well, God thought about it for a moment and then said, son, follow me around today and let's see, let's just see. What, it, what would happen, what it would be like if there were no black people in the world. Get dressed, and we will get started. Theo ran to his room to put on his clothes and shoes, but there were no shoes, and his clothes were all wrinkled. He looked for the iron, but 
when he reached for the ironing board, it was no longer there. You see, Sarah Boone, a black woman, invented the ironing board. And J.E. Messinger, a black man, invented the shoe lasting machine. Oh, well, God said, go on and do your hair. Theo ran into his room to comb his hair, but the comb was not there. You see, Walter Savage, a black man, invented the comb. Theo decided to just brush his hair, but the brush was gone. You see, Lydia O. Newman, a black woman, invented the brush. Well, he was a sight. No shoes, wrinkled clothes, his hair a mess without, a, without the hair care inventions of Madam C.J. Walker. Well, you get the picture. God told Theo, let's do the clo- let's do the chores around the house and then take a trip to the grocery store. Theo, jo- Theo's job was to sweep the floor. He swept and swept and swept. When he reached for the dustpan, it was not there. You see, Lord Ray, Lord P. Ray, a black man, invented the dustpan. So he swept and and piled the dirt over in the corner and left it there. He then decided to mop the floor. But the mop was gone. You see, Thomas W. Stewart, a black man, invented the mop. Y'all forgive me, but I, you know, I'm getting a little younger, so y'all know it. Bear with me. A uh, black man invented the mop. There, uh, Theo thought to himself, "I'm not having any luck." Well, son, God said we should wash the clothes and prepare a list for the grocery store. When he was when he was finished, Theo went to place the clothes in the dryer, but it was not there. You see, George T. Salmon, a black man, invented the clothes dryer. Theo got a pencil and some paper and prepared to prepare to prepare the list for the grocery store, but noticed that the pencil lead was broken. As well, he was out of luck because John Love, a black man, invented the pencil sharpener. He reached for a pen, but it was not there because William Purvis, a black man, invented the four, the fountain pen. As a matter of fact, Lee Lee Burridge invented the typewriting machine, and W. A. Levette, a printing press. So they decided to head out to the market. Well, then Theo opened the door. He noticed the grass was the grass was as high as he was tall. You see, the lawnmower was invented by John Burr, a black man. They made their way over to the car and found that it was it it just wouldn't go. You see, Robert Spike, a black man, invented the automatic gear shift, and Joseph Gamble invented the supercharged system for internal combustion engines. They they noticed that they, they noticed a few cars were moving, were running into each other and having wrecks because there was no traffic light, traffic signal. You see, Garrett A. Morris, a black man, invented the traffic signal. Well, it was getting late, so they walked to the market, got their groceries, and returned home. Just when they were about to put away the milk, eggs, and butter, they noticed the refrigerator was gone. You see, John Sanders, a black man, invented the refrigerator. So they put the food on the counter. By the time they noticed noticed it was getting mighty late, Theo one went to turn up the heat. And what do you know? Alice Parker, a black female, invented the heating furnace. Even in the summertime, they would have been out of luck because Frederick Jones, a black man, invented the air conditioner. It was almost time for Theo's father to arrive home. He usually took the bus, but there was no bus because it... Uh, the current was the electric tro- trolley. 
invented by another black man, Elbert, Elbert, Elbert T. Robinson. He usually took the elevator from the office on the 24th, but there was no elevator. Alexander Miles, a black man, invented the elevator. He usually dropped off, off the office mail by a nearby mailbox, but it was no longer there because Philip Downing, a black man, invented the letter drop mailbox, and Willard Perry invented the postmarking and counseling machine. Phil sat at the kitchen table with his head in his hands, when his father arrived, he asked, why are you sitting in the dark? Why? Because Lewis Howard Lidmere, a black man, invented the filament within the light bulb. Phil quickly learned that it would be a, it, what it would be like if there were no blacks in the world. Not to mention if there were there were ever sick and need, if they were ever sick and needed blood, Charles Drew, a black scientist, found a way to preserve and store blood, which led to his starting the world's first blood bank. And what if family members had to have surgery? They would not have been that would have not been possible without Dr. Daniel Hale Williams, a black doctor who performed the first open heart surgery. So, if you ever wonder, like Phil. Where will we be without black? Well, it's pretty plain to see. We will be very well still in the dark. Amen. Now, that was impactful. Yes. Yeah. Very good. And Theo wouldn't have been able to uh, have a peanut butter sandwich because I believe it was a black man that invented the peanut butter. If I'm, cr- I'm, I'm yes, pretty sure about that. I, I can't tell you. That. I think it's Carver, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it is right. Carver. Okay. You're exactly right. So, black people, white people, all people, y'all need us, and we need y'all. And we're going to teach love, and we're going to try to do whatever we can to stop racism. It's time to come together. And then, you know, and in today's time, the GPS system, it was created by uh, black people, black women. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Uh, what What was the movie numbers? If you look up the movie numbers, you will find that uh, a black woman created the GPS system. Three black women did the GPS system. I think that's right, but don't quote me on it. But you can look up the movie numbers. I just want to say mm-hmm. thank you all to all my guests, and I would like to give uh, Miss Shades one final comment, and Miss 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 Firecracker, and Mr. Lansing, Michigan. If you guys can give us one final quick brief comment, so I can close the show out. Can I start, Michelle? Yes, please. I, I mean, this is just something that I'm taking away from this because I am a teacher. I um, am absolutely going to uh, dedicate myself to teaching all my children about what black people invented. And I, I, want, uh, I want to also maybe uh, get in touch with other people in my district, other teachers in my district, and there's got to be a movement to uh, bring this stuff into the schools because n- nobody ever taught me any of this. And um, I-, I-, I can only guess that many black children have not been told this, and it needs to be told. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, as- that's my takeaway from today's show. I'm going to make sure I get you a copy of this. Okay. Miss uh, Firecracker? Uh, yes, Miss Shay, it was been a pleasure meeting you uh, by radio. And I, uh, I also have white friends. There are some very, a lot of good uh, Caucasian people in the world. However, you know, it's just 
is so many that's not. And we as a black race, we run up against so many that are so prejudiced and hateful. You have to remember a conscious and remember that it's not all white people and you cannot hold all white people responsible for a few. So I said that Mm -hmm. to say this. I think you are a strong woman for coming on the show to discuss such a topic. And thank you Mm -hmm. for uh, saying that you're going to go and try to teach uh, Mm -hmm. to your students. Mm -hmm. And to leave Mm -hmm. with the black audience, we need to learn to teach our own. Mm-hmm. Amen. That is so good. Okay, yeah, Mr. Lance. Mr. Mr. Lance in Michigan. I would like to first say it has been an honor. God created woman to be man's helpmate. And you ladies have helped me today. Feel the blessing that comes from interacting with women of high intelligence and of high integrity. And as a black man who understands the struggles that we face. I'm appreciative that the main black man, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, set the tone for all of us. And W.D. Du Bois, who was the first black preacher with a super church, mega church, is the reason why I pursue God as I do. Amen. Okay, now, you guys, I wrote a personal poem that I want to share with my black people. And it was something that I wrote because I'm tired of us excusing our own behaviors. And I just want you guys to listen to it real quickly. And then um, I'm the reality coach. I'm Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach. You can always find me on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm sorry, you guys, my phone has just went berserk. Oh, wow. Okay, well, anyway, you can find me on Facebook. Look for me anywhere. You can find me in the streets, but if not, you can always go to my website. But, Chris, can you play that poem real quickly before we get out of here? The reality coach speaks black tears. You've cried and lied. Some have even died, and yet you are not satisfied. Still crying your black tears too many years later, blaming your mistakes on years of white privilege. Your shame, it's on you. Dry your eyes, here's why. Your black tears has made your vision blue. You've lost sight of what's right. What is it going to take for you to stop sleeping while years of white privilege remains awake? You changed your core values. It was the black tears of those before you who set standards. Oh, how disappointed they must be at what they see. Today, black tears cry for power, killing each other hour upon hour. Yet you say it's years of white privilege's fault. This may be true, but only to some degree. You've allowed your hearts to become balks of hate, afraid to take a stand. I'm sure you won't agree. Years of white privilege remembers when black tears used to band together and hold hands. Years of white privilege, your mission is complete. We've broken your bond. Focusing on our privilege has turned you against each other. Convincing you to treat one another like strangers instead of brothers. You have no love for one another. This should be the end of years of white privilege. But of course, 
It isn't. This is part one. I encourage you to listen to part two. If you can, find the courage. Exactly yours, Years of White Privilege. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.